When little bears want the same toys as their friends, they may get hooked into a craze that just never ends. Which is literally not what this book is about. Not at all. Like this, hey, it, it set me up for expectations. Expectations blown away. What a great book. <laughs> well, well, the, just like the Beanie Baby craze, you don't know what to expect. <laughs> Bears in many different colors. Now, the reason, the reason. Uh, well, first of all, let me introduce this show. Oh, hi. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week, remember the time uh, my guest and I sat and talked about He-Man for about an hour and a half? Uh, well, we're going to do that again because we've got another book about toys, specifically about mad, mad, mad toys, uh, specifically about a very specific era in toys and toy collecting. And if there is one person who understands just how close to my heart I hold stupid pop cultural nonsense and collectible garbage, it is a person who probably has the same place in his heart. Please welcome back to the show from PredictoCast, my guest, who was just here a few weeks ago, right? Uh, God, it, pro- it was... It wasn't sunny. It wasn't like summer outside. So yeah, yeah. like one season ago. <laughs> Brian Skinner. Hello, Brian. Hey, Phil. Hey, everybody. <laughs> well, uh, boy. Oh, boy. So this book. This book. Um, it's the uh, Mad, Mad, Mad toy craze. Yes, only three Mads. I am stuck. I When I read it through the first time, I was enjoying the name of the, the toys they gave. Yes. I didn't, real, I didn't realize the cover had the entire list and... I really like Squirmworm. Squirmworm? <laughs> Squirmworm's awesome, especially because he has arms. He has arms and a belly button. The rest do not. Foggy Froggy has arms and a does belly he? button. Oh, he does have fro- Even though if there are two animals in the animal kingdom who will not have umbilical cords, worms and frogs. Right. Uh, brown bear seems very, very, just, just kind of boring to be at top billing here. Like if, if Beanie Babies had like flesh human. Yeah, if, if it had flesh human. If there was just a... <laughs> Teddy Us. Teddy <laughs> Mustache Cat, I think, is my favorite. Uh, he is pretty great. I would pay $3 for him. Yes. I would, I, would, I would pick Mustache Cat up in the aisle at the local uh, Cub Foods and uh, <laughs> toss him thoughtlessly into my basket and forget I had picked him out by the time I got to the checkout line. That sounds like the way most of these animals are bought these days. It, m- these days, yes, but not in the thoughtful late 90s. Not in the... Not in the height of the craze we are going to discuss today. We're going to talk about a very specific craze, not just crazes in general. Yeah. A very hyper-specific moment in human history. But also, like, in also the kind of the falling action of the prospective collector's market of the 90s, that, like, boom and bust that started kind of with comic books and this sort of, like, like, these are going to be worth a lot of money one day. The 90s, we thought everything was going to be worth a lot of money. Because I, the because the people who sold it to us told us it was going to be. Right, and they made magazines, which told us the same thing. Right. And those magazines, maybe they would go up in value. They had a foil cover. That yes. would be amazing. Are you saying that the, the magazines that listed the prices of the collectibles would have their own collectible foil covers? Yes. That would, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? 
that's when I learned like phrases like ash can additions. Yes. And I still really am not exactly sure what that means or how you would attain that. What was the first thing you remember being told was going to be worth a lot of money one day, like along those lines? Along those lines of uh, being that I was raised in Canada, uh, hockey rookie cards. Oh, really? Really. Uh, they were – my brother had – and lost a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. Uh-huh. A friend had a Mark Messier rookie card. We were, they were, a, opened up a sports card store within walking distance of my house, which, oh. and then all it became the thing. You would get your allowance and you would go there, and hopefully each pack you get, like only for a pack at a time, would have a rookie card in it. Okay. And those would be the ones that would become exponentially valuable, except for they made a billion of <laughs> right. them. The uh, for me it was probably comic books in junior high. I remember kids coming in with uh, like probably X Force. Like once you started getting into like the uh, the the Rob Liefeld comics, right? uh, They would suddenly kids started coming in with these comic books and saying like I got two copies of this because this one's going to be worth a lot of money because it's the first appearance of this new character. And me being like I don't know anything we're talking about. This looks like garbage, but. I believe, I guess so. Like I remember, I was going on vacation one time. I most of my comics I owned, I inherited from my brother, who's five years older than me. I had a lot of Spider Ham. Uh-huh. I had Richie Riches. I had Fantastic Fours, and I had uh, just a genuine, genuine, just like weird smear of things. Yeah. I never owned any myself, but it, it, it gave me a little interest in comic books, not enough to buy it myself. Um, but I was going on vacation. I wanted to buy a magazine for the car ride to Cape Breton. And I got a Wizard magazine, my first one. I was like, okay, cool. You know, this this will entertain me. Yeah. And that was the first time I was really reading about um, the collector's scene for magazines and learning all these phrases. I'm like, what does this mean? And I remember they were, they were hyping up the the debut of this new comic company, like, like Wetworks or something. It's from one of the smaller lines. Yeah. And it was a bunch of muscular people who were basically nude and wet <laughs> or something. <laughs> And they're like, it's going to be worth so much. And they had like a value at the back. It, wow, ha- it really? had not been out yet. <laughs> and I'm like, and all I could think as a, as a young teenager was, how do they know it's going to be worth something when we don't know, no one's read it. So we don't know if it's any good yet. Yes. Like, how would we know something can be our favorite character if that character hasn't existed yet? And now we live in a day where everyone has a favorite movie that hasn't come out, out yet. yet. Yeah. <laughs> So. Fortunately for movies, there's no collector's market yet. Yeah. I'll find a way. <laughs> oh yeah, until until the until what is it? Is it Warner Brothers? Not Warner Brothers. One of the new one of the studios is going to drop their own streaming service. That's going to have tiers. Oh, it's going to be a tiered service. So can we be tiered humans who, like, you can go up to them like, oh, I'm tier three. I have all the access. I'm I'm, I'm going to be in tiers as I desperately <laughs> search uh, the torrent sites for the shows I'm not allowed to watch because I'm not a top tier human. I'm. Ex- I am excited for all the different ways we have to consume media. media. Isn't it great? It used to be you just had to go through your Wizard magazine and find out. Once you get past the article, it tells you that, yes, Glenn Danzig probably should play Wolverine. And guess what that magazine actually had? I am not joking. Glenn Danzig should play Wolverine. He also had an interview with Psylocke and asked her about <laughs> how her uniform felt on her <laughs> I had a cracked magazine that had a parody of the X-Men before people even knew who the X-Men were because this was in the like late 80s early 90s. Yeah. Celebrity casting, who would you cast as certain characters? Here's a hilarious cracked magazine joke. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Colossus. <laughs> I, I I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I remember reading this as a kid and being like, I guess this is a joke? Is that funny? Like 
I guess it kind of makes sense. I God, all my all my experiences with with once again with cracked and mad were my brothers that yeah. I inherited from once again five years older than me. So all pop culture was a a bit slower back then. Yes, but still the rapid nature of it did not lend itself to five years later being still relevant for a six year old. Right. I did not understand any of the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> like when I grew up, and like oh, Mad Magazine is is considered relevant and uh revered by certain people i didn't realize that yes i just thought they were making weird jokes that i did not get all i can tell you is that i read the cracked parody of alien before i ever saw alien and it prepared me for the movie alien <laughs> as a child <laughs> I, just like how like every cartoon prepared you for woody allen movies oh you can never be prepared for woody allen <laughs> no you can't <laughs> but every every child's cartoon did have that impression in it or if you're watching older cartoons like I did, I was really ready for the Rat Pack. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's who they're – oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, Dean fine. Martin. I get it now. The uh, For those of you at home who are just sitting there befuddled and scratching your heads wondering what the heck we're talking about at all, there was this whole thing, the perspective market in the 90s, which was uh, companies were putting out comic books and toys and – mostly comic books and toys uh, that were – that they would say right off the bat, collector's edition. Right. And people would rush out to the store and buy these things, thinking that they were going to be worth hundreds upon thousands of dollars one day. Uh, not realizing that the companies had just flooded the market with these items. And the big one was the death of Superman. When Superman died in the comic, uh, they put out special all these special editions of the Superman comic book that people bought multiple copies of. And then five years later, we're realizing they were sitting on something that was worth Nothing. Nothing. Like just, it wasn't worth the paper it was printed on. It almost felt like it was. It was. It, it grew out of the idea that the Superman Action Comics number one was now worth. And you heard all the time, Action Comic number one is worth X amount of dollars. Now. Yes. Forgetting that that was created decades ago. Right. Right. Like it didn't happen because it, so it was told. When you released it, this is going to be worth something. Yes. It was just literally difficult to find. Well, and I worked in a used bookstore for years, and we sold collectible comics, collectible uh, – anything collectible. And what we always told people when they brought in stuff to sell was something is only worth as much as someone is willing to pay for it. It doesn't matter what a guide says. A guide can say something's worth $10,000, but if no one's going to pay $10,000 for it, it's not worth $10,000. Exactly. And And – what people needed to realize, didn't realize, was that there was a difference, especially once the internet got involved, which is around the Beanie Babies era. That's right. Once the internet got involved, stuff started getting traded really fast. So prices went up really quickly for things that were in demand. But once those things stopped being in demand, those prices plummeted. And it happened overnight. Just boom. And you were done. Yeah. I, and I don't know. I, I follow a few YouTube streams of toy stuff because, yeah. hey, I love toys. Yeah, so do I. So do I. And, but I don't know. Like I know it's collector's market now, but it feels more based in people just wanting a specific thing that's limited for having it. Yes. Rather than an investment. Right. That's the other thing. We were told in the 90s that these collectibles were a nest egg. That if you collected enough of this stuff, you wouldn't have to worry about money in the future. Right. And, and, yet, and here we are. All our millionaires own comics yeah <laughs> when nicholas cage used to i guess and now he owns castles look at the guy and then his wife whoever his wife used to be priscilla presley lisa marie presley no his her mom <laughs> made him get rid of all of his comics 
Really? That actually? Yeah, he got married, and whoever he was married to was like, you got Revolver Comics. That's when he sold like all of his collectible comics. I had it. You used to have a copy. Got it in the store once of the the uh, what's it called when you have a when you bid on things? It's called a when you have a per- auction. An auction. <laughs> I had the book from the original Nicolas Cage auction. Wow, really? They had all of his comics and all the prices they were going for. And one page of that would have set us up for life. Like, because, but what was cool about that but book was you saw, like, of course, you saw, like, action comics number one and stuff. But the really valuable ones were these comics I had never heard of before. They were, like, old westerns. Like, and things that were valuable due to scarcity. Due to scarcity, because they weren't, they were, they were popular back in the 40s. No one's thought about them since then, so there wasn't a huge collector's market. So now, now there was something. And that's the other thing about this is stuff is valuable because it's not everywhere. So the Berenstain Bears, Possessive S, Mad, Mad, Mad Toy Craze, 1999. In case you haven't guessed, this is a book all about the mad toy craze from the late 90s of Beanie Babies. Uh, Beanie Babies were a toy that came out in the mid-90s. They really hit... Uh, popular culture in the in the late 90s, uh, like 98, 99. They used to only be available uh, when they first got released in boutique stores. You had you could only buy them at like little mom and pop owned places. They wouldn't sell them at Target. They didn't sell them at a, at the mall. Uh, they had to sell them only in independent toy companies, and that created this bizarre scarcity. And it, it almost kind of I remember it almost kind of. S- um sneaking up like you'd see the signs around like you know beanie baby sold here the ty yeah. but all of a sudden it went from a few people you knew who maybe had a few just just had them because yeah. they were cute they are cute and then all of a sudden it was in the news mm-hmm. and it was everywhere it was everywhere uh people started collecting beanie babies as a source of of uh well for 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 the fact that they were going to be worth a lot of money one day. Again, this is the beginning of eBay, the beginning of online, uh, online like person-to-person selling. And Beanie Babies were suddenly being touted as you know worth fifteen hundred dollars, six thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, my I my girlfriend at the time she just bought went on a Boston trip for her band at school a camel one. Mm-hmm. And she just bought because she thought, hey, it's funny. It's a camel-shaped toy. You never see stuffed camels. Yeah. Within a year, that one on eBay, she would track it, was worth, I think, $5,000. Wow. But she we she had no idea how to figure out how to sell it. Mm. And that was like the high end of it. Um, and she kept on holding on to it and just kept watching it. But she loved the thing, so she wouldn't get rid of it. She right. called it Mr. the Camel Man. <laughs> she was quirky. Um, and then... Just like, you know, we were about a year and a half in dating. It just all of a sudden was, they came out with a second camel beanie baby. And even though it was a different run, that one was no longer as valuable. Oh, no. So sell high. That's you sell the- high. You sell. We would have, we were 17 and had no idea <laughs> in Canada. Like, I don't know if there's an even eBay.ca we could have used. I was going to say that, that. That's also sound like the saddest country song. Like, we were 17 in Canada. Didn't sell a beanie baby at the right time. <laughs> But that was my entire window into the Beanie Baby craze because you would watch the eBay uh, auctions on it. I'm like, auctions, these are the hardest words to remember. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is a thing. I didn't even realize, you know, seven, 16, 17 years old, like that was outside my viewpoint. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like, no, these Beanie Babies are worth a lot. 
like they are and then you then you notice and then everyone noticed well i owned one i had a little husky like a husky dog gray blue, husky gray husky blue eyes yeah nice uh and i was at uh, cub foods this yeah. is where that comes from i was in the, with the aisle and someone had obviously picked him up out of a bin and set him on just one of like the soup aisle and i was pushing my cart down the aisle this was like 98 and i was like oh and i picked him off the thing and i bought him and he st- I don't know whatever happened to that guy, but he's he stuck around my house for years. I I would often get sent well after the craze uh, from family back home any Canada flag bearer. Oh, just as like everyone's like, I found this Canada flag bearer. Move ho- back home. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, if they sell those, there. they sell those. Um, and so uh, I worked at a bookstore from between like '99 and like 2005, and. Uh, we would get collectible guides to the Beanie Babies in. And eventually I had to tell my boss, these aren't popular anymore. Like, we don't need to buy the collectible Web- guides Webkins anymore. are the thing now. Yeah, like, these, are, these have had their day. And my boss was always like, oh, no, 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 no. People need these guides. And I'm like, uh, the internet exists now. <laughs> like, no one, it's just, it's done. But I did work when I waited tables. I worked with a couple who were young, young couple. Who I went to their house once. I don't remember why. They have an apartment. I don't remember why. I wasn't even friends with them. It was one of those weird, like, want to try to be friends kind of thing. Yeah, we all go through it. And they had a nursery set up for a baby that they didn't have. Uh, and in the nursery was a net attached to the wall with hun- like a hundred some beanie babies in it. And they were like, this is our child's college. And I, even then I was like, this isn't going to turn out well. <laughs> I'll be leaning close to your ear. No, it's not. It's not gonna. This isn't gonna go well. College is gonna increase in, in cost by an incredible amount by the time you're an adult. And the beanie babies aren't gonna go up in value. <laughs> it just that's sad, but satisfying in this weird way. Yeah, and I'm sure you've seen the picture. If you Google, is a picture of a husband and wife in a divorce court separating their beanie babies in front of the judge. That's right. the saddest photo that is the saddest in the history photo. of American court. I just, how would you pick when you love them all so much? I know. They're all, the, they're all my children. They're all, they all look kind of the same, too. But hey, do you know what? What? The Berenstain Bears. Right. We are actually discussing the Berenstain <laughs> Bears. Mad, 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 mad toy, toy craze, craze, which is about the very thing we're discussing. Uh, Brian, why don't you give us a rundown of what this book is about? Well, we start very early in setting a calm peaceful layout for this book like, it's several pages of just like just how sh- calm bear country is just very calm mom mama and papa are just just chilling they're look at the tv schedule as you do because guides didn't exist yeah <laughs> i guess the guide channel there's a tv guide channel they maybe that's yet that's too much scrolling and they're just enjoying the afternoon the kids however they're not for calm they're no. not for peace they're excited for something for something something has happened they're so excited they're out of breath they could hardly talk. What is that thing they're excited for? Money. <laughs> <laughs> like, Very much so. Here's where I thought my, my first confusion in the book was going to be, where they came and they asked for an advance on their allowance. I thought Mom or Papa were going to chastise them about this. Right. They don't. Nope. Papa <laughs> just reaches into his wallet. He's like, sure, of course. An advance. Great. And what? why do they need this money, Phil? To go to Herb's Hobby Shop, points to the story... They're not going to the big toy store. They're going to Herb's Hobby Shop to get 
Berry Bubbies. I'm going to blow this every single time. Well, because Papa Bear throws out five different versions of the words in the first place. Well, we, we have talked in the past on this show about as dads, we screw up the name of toys and characters on, on purpose. Our, on purpose. Yep. I was wondering if he was doing this or he in his head thinks they should just be called Berry Buddies. Berry Buddies? Instead of Bubbies. He says Boonie Berries, Booby Buddies, Booby Bubbies. Booby Bubbies. Booby Bubbies, which shouldn't be allowed in a children's book. I, I'm upset by that. And they're like, Barry Bubbies, Papa. And he, he, I, I, I agree. He has to be screwing this up on purpose. He has to be. If, if, you, if you give two plus wrong names, uh -huh. you're messing with your kid. Yep. And, and the an look art. on his face when he's pulling the money out of his wallet is the face of a dad that says, I don't care anything what you're talking about. Right. Like, you're asking for an advance in your allowance. I was going to give it to you. I don't actually care where this money goes right. as long as it's not something bad. And you're probably not with you two. Now, this book sets up a bunch of great stuff in this interaction, which is that the bears are cheap. The berry bubbies are cheap. That their friends already have a handful of them. Uh, the, her, the toy store is running out. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that Papa and Mom are both like, well, we don't want to deprive our children of the latest fad, which seems completely out of character for the right. parents. I thought that I once again, I thought this was going to be a thing where the parents taught the kids that competing for a fad is not the way to go. Right. But this isn't a very affordable fad. It's mm -hmm. two, they're two dollars and ninety five cents each. This is not what this book is about. Yes. They give the they get their advance and that's it. That's the end of that story. They earn it later. Yep. So as we've seen from the past, the Cubs are very good at earning their own money. Uh, brother had to do it for Space Grizzlies. Yep. He got himself small jobs. So this isn't also isn't a book about the Cubs expecting the parents to support their interests or the like. It's not a book about. It's not what Space Grizzlies was about either, which is. I don't. Even, I guess that was about a bad dream. That was even... That's more about like indulging in your in your fantasies and getting too hyper and having a bad dream. Right. Well, this isn't even about that. This is about Barry Bubbies, which are two ninety five. Two ninety five. They are cute and adorable, and each one is different, and each one has its own names, similar to Beanie Buddies. Now, is, is this, babies, Beanie Buddies. <laughs> now, is oh, this no. is it this starts. is this a point? So Papa says. It's amazing to me how otherwise sensible cubs can get pulled into any silly thing that comes along. I suppose, said Mama, as she went back to the TV schedule. Are they saying the TV schedule is their silly thing that's come along? I don't know. They, they show her basically yawning and being bored by the entire interaction. Yep. <laughs> like, he, he, it, it establishes that it has piqued Papa Bear's interest, but in no way whatsoever has piqued Mama Bear's interest. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, as it should. As it as, should. As it should. This is this is setting a good example for parents. Only maintain an interest in your child's stupid toys for as long as it takes them to leave the room. Right. And then you can go back to the TV, which is all you and, want to do in the first place. Not even the TV. Figuring out what is going to be on the TV later. <laughs> right. Right. Just reading the listings, fantasizing about what great shows these. When might be. is America's Funniest People going to be on? That <laughs> jackalope is hilarious. <laughs> America's Funniest People. That was the Dave Coulier one. Dave Coulier, Dave Coulier and what's her face? Uh, uh, Daisy Fuentes. Was it Daisy Fuentes? I just made that up off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was what's her face. Carmen Electra. 
No, the other one. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know from names. <laughs> so they go to Herb's Hobby Shop. I think this is the first time we've ever seen Herb's Hobby Shop. And uh, it's our first time in universe. Okay, first of all, Herb has a killer mustache. Oh, my God, does he ever. It's amazing. It also takes two panels for them to run there, which is very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> they are, they're holding their money in their hot little hands, which is an expression that I used to use before I got older because it's a – I never – I don't know, hot little hands. That's a right. weird thing to say. I, I, here's the thing about about Herb's here is that he only has his three left, three Barry Bubbies left. Yeah, and he can't say when he's gonna expect more. He can't even get a hold of his supplier. Yes, they're so busy. Mm -hmm. But he is not ripping them off in the slightest. He is once again like the transactions and the price of these toys are completely on a consumer level. They're totally reasonable. Right. The kids are just buying $3 toys. Right. And he's selling them for $3. Mm -hmm. This happened to be very popular. That is interesting that Herb, there's no there's no sense that Herb is jacking up the price as they get. At all. Like, yeah. he even with his wonderful mustache, he's a wonderful man. <laughs> and then I thought maybe, once again, looking for a certain lesson from this, that there's only three left. Maybe they would be spending money on Beanie Bobbies that they actually don't like. Right. They do like them. They do like them. They like all of them. Maybe it's because Herb already put a sign in his window that says, we have Barry Bubbies, two ninety five, and he didn't feel like going out there and changing the sign. Changing the sign, as someone who's worked in retail, is a pain. Right. He'd have to get a whole other piece of cardboard and write, we have Barry Bubbies again. But they're getting some cute little Barry Bubbies. They take them home. What do they get? They got Harry Harry, Ziggy Zippo. Ziggy Zippo? Yeah. Ziggy Zippo. It's not a hippo. It's a Zippo. And Dimple Darling. They are they are just shapes. I, oh, this also isn't about there's two cubs, three berry bubbies. I thought, okay, maybe it'll be about brother and sister fighting over it. Fighting over No. Oh. No. They just they get them and they show them off to their parents and their, their parents and the parents aren't even scornful of them. They're like, "Oh, they they're kind of cute." Yeah. Much like uh beanie babies, they're kind of cute. They're just a, they're a stuffed animal. Yeah. <laughs> like like they're just a as my daughter calls them, a stuffy. They're just stuffies, yeah. Yeah. And I will I will say this. Beanie Babies were and continue to be, because they still exist in some form or another, adorable little animals. Right. They're very well made. They're well made. They're well designed. They're very they're now classic looks. I mean, no, they aren't worth thousands of dollars. Guess what? Most things <laughs> aren't. <laughs> So yeah, if, if in fact I would suggest to any of our listeners start your own Beanie Baby collection. It's Absolutely. easy. It's easy. You just go to the store, buy a bunch, go to the grocery store. They're there. Some of them have these giant eyes. Very adorable. Send pictures to Phil. Send them to me. I want to see uh, listeners. I want to see your Beanie Baby collection. None of those other toys though. No. I don't want your squinkies or your trash can foods. Your cabbage patch or your squishies. What about your squankies? I don't want any of that. Nothing from that aisle of Target. No. I want Beanie Babies. I, I at the grocery store, speaking of things to buy there, because uh -huh. you can buy anything there, I found a, a, a set that helps kids make what was called, on the box, disgusting poop. Disgusting poop. That's that mean we've been doing that as a species for thousands of well, years. Now you can purchase it. <laughs> They've sold it back. They marketed it. They boxed it up and sold it back to us. I wonder if you could how that trademark went. I would like to trademark the phrase disgusting poop. How would that Shark Tank episode go? <laughs> uh, badly. Uh, yeah, I was going to try to pull it. I don't know anything about Shark I Tank. Was, I, had, I was trying to keep it very clean. 
<laughs> so uh that's it they the, the so then okay now is the obvious point where the kids start asking for more money and uh and the parents are getting fed up but no they even say we're not going to ask for more advances on our allowance we want to work for you yeah they're like there there aren't any more available right now so we have time yeah so we're going to build up money for when they are available yep and 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 the parents are like wait why do you need money if there's none available, okay, and here's where I thought it was going to maybe take a sour turn. They're like, yeah. oh, our friends are going to sell their duplicates to us at jacked up prices. Yeah, for $5 from uh, from Lizzie, and Queenie wants to sell one for $7. Yep. Which is, all that's more than twice the price. That's more than twice the price. So this is the point where I was like, okay, maybe this means there's going to be tension amongst friends, where you're suddenly ripping off your friends. But no, it just gives Papa the idea that Beanie Babies might be worth something. Right. Like, I thought Mama would step in and be like, hey, this seems like a mistake. Maybe you're taking, being taken advantage of. Maybe you need to step back. Mm-hmm. Instead, said Papa's like, wow, this seems like a great investment. Yeah. And Mama backs him up. She says, here's a piece in the paper about a fellow who bought a whole bunch of Berry Bubbies before they became popular. It says here he just sold his entire collection for a fortune. Oh, oh, great. You, you can make money on the internet. Right. <laughs> just, just like our podcasts do. So the kids start doing chores for money. Great. Amazing. I have a question as a parent, and this is something I've thought about. If your kids come to you and they're like, I want to earn extra money by doing extra chores. What if, as a parent, you're like, I don't feel like spending any extra money? Um, Basically, what I do if my daughter does that, because she... She was saving for a specific thing for two years. Wow. For two years, she wanted her own iPad. Oh. Um, and I told her, well, you get birthday money from other people. Yeah. And you get this amount of money for your chores. We have a small house. I don't need you to do anything else. Just keep up your own chores. You'll get there eventually. Yeah. Like, and then it's kind of downplay. Like, I, I and like, I don't want her. <sighs> I, I, I never really want to push like, hey, you can give this extra effort. Like, I, I want a consistent effort because I don't want her to do less when she doesn't want something. Right. Yeah. There's that whole thing about like chores, taking care of the house should be a given. Like, yeah. help, that's just part of being a family. Right. Like, I, I, I took the garbage out. I did dishes. Yeah. I mowed the lawn. I got a, a generalized allowance but it wasn't like I could do more or less and earn more or less. Mm. It's like, this is your job as someone who lives here. Yeah. We all have jobs who live here, except for my stupid brother. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's a CEO. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> there he goes. He, he, had, he had it figured out. Well, these kids, first of all, there's a lot of cobwebs in the Bear, Bear Family Treehouse. Really? Uh, they cleaned out cobwebs like there was no tomorrow. So many cobs. <laughs> and... Uh, but and then like, I like that the narrator reassures us by saying, "Of course, there were more tomorrows. There Lots were... of them. Like, well, thank God, they, thank you for reassuring me that this wasn't the end of our favorite bears." I mean, they, I mean, time kept going by. I like their synchronized trash sorting. They're very good at it. Yeah, like they're tossing across the room. They could have moved the buckets closer to each other. They did not. That's true. They why did you why have you, just move the buckets closer? <laughs> you don't have to throw so far, brother and sister. Uh, I love the obvious delight. That's being taken in drawing the Barry Bubby variants. This just like the Space Grizzlies, like they make sense in that weird like toys don't make sense kind of way. Right. They're 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 if you try to make a toy look like a toy in a in a in a picture book like this, 
it's real easy for the toy to look just like the characters. Yeah. Like, it's it's already a level of Unreal. This captures the abstraction of the fact that toys are abstractions. Yes. Yeah, there's a, a bear with a clock for a body. And there's that worm again. There's that worm again. And it looks like a bunny slash elephant. A bu- <laughs> that, you're, you're treading on Wuzzle's territory now. <laughs> oh, you don't want to stop that big Wuzzle machine. No. Big, <laughs> big Wuzzle's going to come after you. So Papa apparently is now reading Barry Bubby's magazine. And uh, he bought a copy at the supermarket. And he says, a rare berry bubby was sold in Bearville. Make note of that. Bearville is a place for hundreds of dollars. Did you hear that? Hundreds of dollars. Then the kids come bursting in saying that Toys is Us in Big Bear City just got berry bubbies. I feel bad because Bearville doesn't have a Toys is Us anymore. It's gone out of business thanks to trust funds. That's true. That's true. Ca- they, first they lost venture capitalists. First they lost K-Bear Toys. <laughs> Then Toys Is Us, both bought by the same uh, by the same organization. It's, by the way, I know it seemed like a good investment that they they missed. They bought it. it just to sink it. Yeah, is the problem. The problem, and now we have to buy our toys at Bearget and, and, and Wallbear. And now Toys Is Us and K Bear Toys show up as like little boutique pop ups. Yes, at the mall during it's, the holidays. It's so cute. <sighs> so they jump in the red road. The whole family is into this. They jump in the red roadster. Mama, like, bids adieu to the family. Cloud and, of uh, dust. They're skywriting. What is this? It's, this, what it says, all it says is very Bubby's forever. That means that some, probably some independent human being, some, some private citizen was like, I love these things so much. I need the whole world to know. Like, so, like, writing up out above the city, X-Force Comics right. rules. <laughs> Super Smash Brothers. In big letters, well, now I want to buy it. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, so there's a there's Skyrite. It says Barry Bubby's forever. Papa floors it. He floors the gas pedal to Toys Is Us, and uh, their Barry Bubby's are having are on are being sold for five bucks a pop. Wow, that is that is a markup once again. Mm-hmm. Toys Is Us. Toys. You know what? There is us. Ripoffs is them. <laughs> the ripoffs is them. I work or, to the. <laughs> is it a ripoff though, or is it just what the market's demanding? It's hard to say. My economic professor would say probably. Also, he only gave me an A minus, so I don't trust him. He could have given me a better mark. I took economics in high school as a summer class, and my teacher, who was a very nice man, he looked just like John Arbuckle. Uh, How does one look just like John Arbuckle? He looked just like John Arbuckle. I'll take your word for it. He uh, he was a very nice guy, but he was to him like economics was all about hurting the little guy to make as much money as possible. Uh, and he was like, it doesn't matter if you hurt somebody on your way up. You gotta, you've got to, this, that's what economics is about. You've got to make as much money as you can for yourself. And I'm like, you're a high school economics teacher. Like, I took like, like high level college macro and micro, microeconomics, like the highest, because I didn't want to sign up for the, I wasn't, I wouldn't get up early enough in the day to sign up for the easy classes for electives. Yeah. <laughs> I took, ended up taking the highest level of economic classes in a very prestigious business school in Canada. And I always get frustrated because they talk about the perfect market. And I'm like, but what if the market's not perfect? Uh, anyway, yeah. as long as everybody's robots and follows these rules, <laughs> this, this lines keep working. <laughs> and that's where we get beanie babies. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of lines, there's a line outside toys is us. Cause it looked like a toy, a beanie, Barry Bubbies, hard. Wow, couldn't they just have used bu- babies or beanie on either? Barry half of it? babies, 
I mean, yeah. they, they, they are, they're not even all bears. Why bubbies? What does that even mean? I don't know. Why bubbies? Like, babies make sense. They call their babies babies in bear country. Bubbies sounds like a pacifier or nickname. berry cubbies. I don't know. Anything. <laughs> Something that's easier to say. So, they get to Toys Is We, and here's where I thought the story was finally going to take a plunge. They're like... It looked more. It, it was set up like a big party, only it was more like a big aggravation. The lines were around the store. Babies were crying. Two daddies got into a shoving match about a place in line and had to be taken away by the police. Here's where I was like, finally, the Cubs are going to be like, you know what? This isn't worth it. This whole thing has gotten out of hand. We're done with Barry Bubbies. It would be like Jingle All the Way except for Jingle All the Bear. Yep. And they would just be like, you know what? This is consumerism gone wrong. Yep. This is your, this is where your lesson is learned, right? No. Nope. You're going to turn the page, and they're going to be like, they went home and threw away all their – no. They but, bought a bunch. Yeah. They're happy. They The Cubs got their Barry Bubbies. Apparently, uh, Papa knew who to hit and how to avoid the cops. <laughs> I assume that means he won the fight. In fact, they headed home. Up to their necks in them. I mean, I wish the car had been filled in the picture with literally tons. Yeah, I know. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's an opportunity there that was that was sorely missed. But then we get the real lesson of this. Sort of. So Lesson so much as literally what happened in history mm -hmm. and then a little pot shot at the product. Yeah, so in real life, uh, Beanie Babies stopped being sold only in boutique stores. And the big... The big bump happened when mcdonald's yep. had the beanie babies happy meal right which became a nightmare for everyone because people there were these runs on mcdonald's people were buying happy meals throwing the food away just throwing it out of their car in the in the parking lot just to get the these collectible these are special collectible beanie babies made only for mcdonald's the transforming hamburger and french fries that i love so much never got this kind of attention <laughs> no. but if, if you if you thought the whole szechuan sauce thing was crazy this was a different level of nuts. Yes. Because it was everywhere. And I worked across the store from a McDonald's while this was happening. I saw all the lines. I knew this was this was a thing. And eventually that was when McDonald's, I believe that was what prompted McDonald's to start selling their Happy Meal toys separate from the meal. You yep. could just go in there and buy a Beanie Baby. Right. Uh, I wish I could have just walked in there and bought those Muppet Baby toys because yeah. those were my favorite of all time. I had a friend whose father worked for McDonald's. He owned several McDonald's. He got every Happy Meal toy as it came out. What a jerk. I know. I, I, once again, I, I just like your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Slash, that's I'm so, so jealous. I'm so jealous of him. Uh, so the, jealous. Fraggle, the Fraggle Rock cars. Oh, oh man. man. So in any case, uh, there's no McDonald's in this, but there is Crinkly Crumbles cereal, which uh, starts including Barry Bubbies in every box. Uh, and you can get them at the gas station. With a fill-up. Oh, and I guess right there, Burger Bear. Burger Bear starts having, I totally forgot about that, in their crazy meals. There you go. Uh, you start being able to get them at the at the local uh, fast food joint. <laughs> look how look how proud slash smug Papa Bear is to be at this Burger Bear. Yeah, because he didn't have to cook he, that night. And he also got the kids to go in themselves. <laughs> yeah, I know. So the kids come running out of Burger Bear while Papa waits in the car. That well, is perfect I did, have you, did you ever do that at sister no. bear's age i would be terrified go to the counter yeah terrified if, if you want those toys though papa's staying in the car listening to his shows i remember going with my parents and those and like like you make sure you ask to see if they have one of the other ones and and my mother my mother or father would be like what, what whatever you're, you're getting the cheeseburger i'm like but could you just ask could you just 
I'm going to stand back here. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Poor little Brian. Uh, he, was, uh, he was not functional. I remember the first time I ever bought a Happy Meal toy. I think it was like a Tonka truck or something. It was the first time I ever bought a Happy Meal and was disappointed and was like, I think I may be too old for this. I think this is just like not as cool as I used to think it was. Oh, what a terrible time. It was I, terrible. I, I, I didn't get to McDonald's nearly enough, so... I think I had a space where I came in there like, you know what? I'm just going to get a hamburger myself and not need a toy with it. Well, we did go. We didn't go that often. And so I think it was there was enough of a gap that I had grown up. Yeah. And I got like this truck or something. And I was like, oh, no, I'm too old for this. Uh, there was also this happened every once in a while. You would get a Happy Meal and they would have run out of the toy and they wouldn't tell you. So you get the box and then it would have like a Ronald McDonald comb. Yes. Inside. And it's like, man, that was the end of your week. Right. Like, yeah. I, I get here once a month. Yep. And why? Oh, yeah, the food? I guess. I don't want this plastic Grimace puppet, thanks. I actually kind of want that plastic I would grimace. want it now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be awesome. Pretty great. So here's the part that you were you wrote to me today, and you were like, what, what's the, what point are they trying to make? So it says there wasn't much you could do with them in the first place. Uh, oh, that's what it says. It says, after a while, just about everybody in bear country had so many berry bubbies, they didn't know what to do with them. There wasn't much you could do with them in the first place. You couldn't play dolly with them the way you could with a good doll. Why not? Literally, they have the same amount of limbs, uh-huh. and they're just a little bit smaller. Also, is, is she holding a, a human, human doll? doll? Isn't that weird? That means they're the fic- if bears were fictional in our world, that'd be one thing. Right. Because when I talked to you, I, I forgot the picture. I'm like, oh, she must have had a – I was like, oh, did a human doll. That's Why is that so much better than a, a, a stuffed animal? Right. I go, no, no, bear doll. In my head, like, she must have been holding a bear doll. She's not. Nope. She's, she is holding a a pink human doll. So th- that would be as abstract to them as would any of Wizzy Wazzle and Polymorph. This has nothing to do with the functional use <laughs> right. of and, – and here's my other thing. My other question I really want to add – I want to add real quickly, and I apologize for this going long. Um – a lot of the problem and run on Beanie Babies were adults. Yes, I don't remember a single kid ever asking for one or having a. <laughs> like they weren't they weren't a super popular thing with kids. It was the uh, it was the kids who liked them as toys. It was the adults who made it ugly. Yes, like the kids. Of course, Beanie Babies are cute. And what do you mean you couldn't do anything with them? They are good stuffed animals. My daughter still plays with them. She has a bunch of gira- giraffes are her favorite animal for stuffed toys mm-hmm. she has several giraffe beanie babies they are functionally the same as a better stuffed animal yeah and they and they're fun they're they're beanie they're bean bags they move around they go easy. Sh- sh- you shake them and they make a sound I, I i don't i hate to sound like defensive of a brand or product but it was just this odd moment of like why is this human well, then we get to the stupider page which is you couldn't play choo-choo with them the way you could with a toy train you can't do that with most of your toys. Literally, there is one toy <laughs> that you can play choo-choo with. That's what your toy train. That is your toy train. It is the, pro- you know, this shoddy product, which is not also a train. Here's the thing. <laughs> the Transformers knew you had to be two things. Yep. There was, honestly, there were what? Two Transformer trains. One could also change transform into a spaceship. A spaceship. There was Astro Train. Yep. And, uh, well... I, 
Omega Supreme was kind of a train. Kind he ran of a on a track. And who owned Omega Supreme? I knew one kid who did. He never worked properly. It's a terrible <laughs> toy. When they get when they get too big, it was just too many too many too much engineering. It stops being a toy, starts being a friend, and you're just like, this friend doesn't work very well. But no, what what kind of argument is you couldn't play choo choo with them? It's like, so it's so much like this book. It's so hyper specific. Yes. Like, like they were sat down. Like you know what? In the end, we. The authors of this book do not like this toy. Right. But we love old 50s toys. Yeah. Like choo-choo trains. And these are good dolls. And it's not like it's but the problem is the toy is a doll. It would if it came out in 1950, it would have fit in perfectly. Well, the third one is you couldn't play baseball with them the way you could with a bat and ball. It's a stuffed animal. <laughs> that is what you do with stuffed animals. You just you cuddle them and you play like the tea party with them. You know what also you can't play baseball with? A choo-choo train. Right. There's things in your house that you cannot do these things with. It does not make them useless. God, you know what I really hate about my stove? I can't watch TV on it. Uh, yeah, what a useless appliance. I couldn't figure out what to do with it. And so now, okay, so all you can do is look at them. Could you? I remember Beanie Babies being very light and portable, and you could put them in your pocket. And or a giant your... net over a... <laughs> over, your, over your non-existent child's or bassinet. The, or the behind-the-back seat in your car. Right. You're, they are cheap toys. If your kid wants to bring a couple of stuffed animals with her on a trip, you put the Beanie Babies in their bag because they are light, they're cheap, and you don't care if you lose one. They pack up so easy. And they're the same as any other stuffed toy. All you can think about is the money you spent on them. All you can do is brag about how many you have. I have 24 Berry Bubbies. I have 32 Berry Bubbies. I have 48 Berry Bubbies. I have 94 Berry Bubbies. I have 4,202 <laughs> Berry Bubbies. <laughs> and no matter how many you had, there was always somebody who had more. You know what? There's somebody out there who has more choo-choo trains than me, too. Exactly. <laughs> There's someone out there who has more baseballs and bats. There's someone out there who has more good dolls. There's someone out there who has more kids. We In the episodes I have been on, there's always been this weird lack of consistent story message. Yes. Like, I, I don't know why I keep hitting these ones. But other than I fit them. This one is – the ending is so odd. This is the strangest. It's so aggressive. This is the strangest last page of any Berenstain Bears book. And I've had we've had a few that have had like odd like I guess the story's just over endings. Like, this is the most because we just had this whole thing about how like no matter how many you had, there was always somebody who had more. This is the point where you're like here's the here's where they come to a realization. Here's where the Cubs make a decision. Here's where the parents lay down the law. Here's where the authors lay out their thesis. What is the last page? Of this book. I'll be Papa Bear. You be Brother Bear. Paint you a picture. It's the whole bear family sitting in a living room covered in berry bubbies. All looking like they've just witnessed a horrible accident. You be Papa, uh, Papa Bear. I'm, I'm Brother. Now, what do you suppose that was all about? I really don't know. And then the Monty Python foot comes down. That's it. Uh, I have to believe. This is the authors saying, what do you suppose that was all about? About their own book. Like, you could say, if you really wanted to be generous, you could say they were, it was them looking at the Beanie Baby craze and thinking, that was weird. Yeah. But it more comes off like we were told to write a book about the Beanie Baby craze and we had no idea. Because 
by this point, this is 1999, okay? The, the, the Berensteins didn't have children who collected Beanie Babies. The Berenstains, uh were very advanced in age at this point. Their children were like approaching middle age at this point. Their children's children maybe, but there was a degree of remove here. Also, this is the end of the Beanie Babies craze. 99, 2000, that's where it all went bust. Yeah, this one is written with the full perspective. Yeah. Like, it doesn't just show the mania, but it shows specifically one-to-one -one with what actually happened in real life. Yes. The fall of Beanie Babies. We've all witnessed it. The kids reading this, do they need an oral history, a written history of the Beanie Baby craze to avoid it happening in the future? Because they had nothing to do with it. Nothing. Uh, Is it chastising the parents who are reading it? Because they've already moved past it. It's happened. And at least like The Bad Dream, which was mostly just about collecting He-Man figures and being disappointed in the Masters of the Universe movie. Even though that took place, that was written a while after He-Man... It, it sort of it was relevant to all toys like and this really could have been yeah but it wasn't but it wasn't it was very once it did the, the the McDonald's Happy Meal craze yeah it is so hyper specifically the the Beanie Babies well and and, and what was weird is though is there was no there was no falling like at no point was there a lesson learned like at no point did they say like so brother and sister packed up their Beanie Babies. Put them in the attic and sold them at the next garage sale or whatever because that you know like come to find out fads pass and you develop new interests or like they'll they'll know better next time yeah yeah that's and said the last panel says we don't know what happened yeah like we we didn't learn anything because what just happened yeah it could have ended with some kid coming up and being like I don't, what was what came after Beanie Baby I don't know like Pokemon or something right like. Or the I got to catch these all. And brother being like, no, thanks. Or have them selling at a, at a, at a yard sale. Yeah. And like, and like having to sell them at like 50 cents each because we've already established the price flow and then have a kid come up and say like, no, thanks. I'm now collecting Baramons. And yeah. And brother and sister looking at each other like, oh, here we go again. And then no. they get left out of the cultural zeitgeist because they blew off Pokemon much like I, uh, come to find out kids pokemon's still around still pretty popular uh yeah i didn't even realize it was a thing until probably like four years past its height I'm like oh that must have came and went nope no oh god no and pokemon's like, one of those things that we kept thinking was coming to an end yeah i sir you hit a certain eight whenever you turn 14 through about 25 that's a big hole where you don't know what everyone behind you has done yeah. And it'll come back when you're an adult, when they when they hit an age where they can buy nostalgia stuff. What's weird about Pokemon is Pokemon and Harry Potter, because they both kind of hit, in America, like the, the zeitgeist, at around-ish the same time. Late, 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 late 90s. Yeah. Uh, there are two things that came out before my oldest child was born. Uh, my oldest child is 17 years old. That are both just as popular today as they were before my oldest child was born. Like, Harry Potter and Pokemon, for some reason, just... They just had staying power. Yeah, and like it was, it, I would not have guessed. I remember thinking I owned a Game Boy because mm -hmm. we were of the age. Yeah, and I thought, oh, they, I had moved on. Yeah, and I thought I wasn't even aware they were still selling them. And in fact, they were now more popular than ever. <laughs> and I completely missed that. And I thought, oh, that's that's a weird thing. Oh, there's there's, there's an anime. I guess 
that and Sailor Moon came out at the same time around in Canada. I'm like, oh, they're putting anime on TV now. <laughs> like, I'm busy with starting college. Right. I have, I'm really busy. And then Pokemon just kept going. Just kept, I guess Magic the Gathering, too. Like, some of these crazes, like, stuck around. I, I guess if you have a game attached to them or a theme park. Mark. Yeah. yeah. But, but Beanie Babies just became a thing, became a thing where they exist as a product but not a popular thing, which is, right. which is fine. Which is it, fine. Yeah. Like not everything has to be, be super popular. Also with our, with our whole cultural knowledge, not everything has to be aimed at us. Yeah. I'm, I am, I am cool with missing something. I don't get angry about it. No. <laughs> oh, I guess. And Beanie Babies never had like a cartoon. There was never, never books. There was never the multimedia approach that they worry was damaging us in the early eighties when it first came out apparently really works. it really works it really works well you you mentioned uh what was the like the those uh, oh because they were kind of replaced that's right beanie babies were kind of usurped by the whole like buy this stuffed toy it comes with a code enter that code online the and webkins, you have a, yeah. yeah webkins uh neopets neopets like yeah. all the all those the that early that early internet that web web 1.9 yes yes and that that's that kind of became the the post beanie baby thing so that is the berenstain bears mad 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 toy craze from 1999 uh, by stan and jan berenstain also i think showing a little influence of mike in the illustrations uh as 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 weird as it is i kind of like this book <laughs> I enjoyed it because of the how hyper specific, like because I remember it, remember this, yeah, and like the bizarreness of the fact that it was it would just refuse to go down the path that I expected it, yeah. It's like the end. I'm like that was funny, right? And then it, it shrugs at the end, which I guess I I enjoy an absurd level. Yeah, I can't imagine like what was what would be a current like weird hyper specific pop cultural thing to um maybe something to do with pop vinyls. Uh, oh yeah, pop, yeah. But the, that that kind of broke quicker. And people really aren't reselling them as much. Maybe a poop emoji one. A poop emoji, my own daughter. <laughs> yeah, but like when you see like Berenstain Bears and the 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 the, the hilarious bear emoji. Maybe like the kids are like who are really into too into Marvel bear mo bear bearful bearful movies. Yeah, but even those have like staying power. Like those are characters Here's that will I'm looking for stuff that won't make sense in 10 years. Uh, what, what's the Rubik's Cube of right now? The Rubik's Cube? Oh, kids don't play with games. <laughs> they don't play with... It's called the Rubik's Cube. You can buy them at Target in the, in the retro aisle. Kids kids in these days in Tetris. No, I think Funko Pops is a good one. I think it's... Like, Bearco Pops. If they did, like... If they did, like, the, the Berenstain Bears and the Bearco Pops, and kids in 10 years would be like, what is even this? I like all those weird things Dad has on his... Shelf and and it had the same. It had the same thing where I remember the first time I saw it, like at Barnes and Noble or something. Like, oh, that's kind of funny looking. And then like forgetting its existence for mm -hmm. a period of time, and then meeting the person. I don't think of someone specific. Seeing the person who has a bazillion of them, they're like, "No, everyone owns these." And then it all of a sudden just hitting mainstream. Like, yep. like, oh, okay, they're sold. <laughs> at and they're sold at grocery stores now. And they're sold, they're sold so, everywhere. Yep. High V had a whole wall of them. Has there been a Berenstain Bears Funko Pop? I don't think so. Well, you'd have to Brad that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Brad Mariska, if you're listening, and I know you're listening. Has there been a Berenstain Bears Funko Pop? I don't think there has. Uh, well, 
I was gonna say, will you buy it if it comes? It's out? funny because <laughs> I can I can see it in my mind's eye, but that's only because they all look the same. My hand is itching to check the phone in this one. There's no Berenstain Bears Funko Pop. I guarantee you, I would own it if there was a Berenstain Bears. Someone Funko would have Pop. sent it to you by mail. Someone would have at least posted it online. I know at least seven of our mutual friends who would have given you so much attention with yes. that. If you do Funko, by the way, if you do put out Berenstain Bears Funko Pops, uh, the whole family. Uh, also, you can do one of those giant Funko cars of the Red Roadster. Do the Red Roadster. Because you need Dad looking there looking smug. <laughs> his name's Papa. <laughs> he's still their dad. He's still their dad. And they he's, are their, his... here, he's their dad named Papa. It was weird when they said uh, there were babies crying and two daddies got in a fight. <laughs> I was like, two daddies? <laughs> I, have I have never referred to fathers in a crowd as, right. as multiple yes. daddies. <laughs> two, two daddies? Like, two, two like silver-haired Silver foxes? Maybe. What, what, what do you call a group of daddies? Uh, a squadron of daddies? Oh, no. They're not that forceful. A group of daddies would be a, uh, a grumble. A grumble of daddies. A grumble of daddies. <laughs> I, I, we get to end on that note. Let's end on that note. Uh, Brian, where can our listeners find you? You can find me at uh, on a podcast called PredictoCast. I do it with my friend uh, Josh Hollis. He's actually the host. I'm just there there for the ride i'm just there for the ride uh, we do several episodes a week we have a patreon we watch movies we make predictions and we're often wrong uh, you can find us on predictions about the movies predictions about the movies and about life <laughs> we've branched out we watch dog movies too but you gotta pay for that um but you can find us on twitter at predicto cash you can find us on all your favorite podcast outlets such as itunes yeah and stitcher Google Music. Those, those are some. Those are some examples. Yeah, it's like a PredictoCast. One word, you'll find us. You'll We're find out there. Yeah, they are available. They're available and funny and charming men. A grumble. Of a whole grumble. All grumble. Of you can find me at several shows. I have this show. I have uh, It's Still Toro Time that I do with my teenager Ollie, where we talk about movies. Uh, and I think we just we just dropped the movie on uh, Mario Bava's Black Sunday, a movie where a uh, witch gets a mask nailed to her face. So it's a different <laughs> audience than the Deep in Bear Country audience is what I'm trying to get at. It's it's a different kind of show. Uh, and also, uh, uh, <laughs> Click It Cast, a Beverly Cleary podcast, more in line of this that I do with John McCoy. Uh, you can find me at berenstainbearcast.wordpress.com. You can find me on Twitter at bstainbearcast. And I also have a Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash deep in bear country. Uh, so uh, check me out there and that you'll be a happier, per you'll have a happier life, a happier, you'll get along better with your friends and family. Uh, Brian, thank you for joining me again. I'm still, you and John have a podcast? Eh, it comes out every once in a while. Oh, I think it's taken us like 12 years to get to the first like five books. I had no idea. I know it happens. It happens. So every once in a while, this droops out. It's like a, it's like that a uh, pour-over coffee. Oh, it just takes a long time, but it's steeped to perfection. Uh, thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all next time deep in Bear Country.